1: This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll, benefits and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be part of a big company to get great technology, great benefits and a great service to take care of your team.
0: To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. You sign up today, you will get 3 months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com/ Rocketship. Again, Gusto.com slash Rocketship. Well, this is it. The season finale of season five.
1: I can't believe we actually pulled this off. We've been following three successful, very busy entrepreneurs and product people for this entire season. None of the entrepreneurs we profiled were actually in the United States, proving that you don't need to be in San Francisco to build a huge business or run a successful solo venture.
0: Now, we've brought you to Team Offsites. No oh, no and across the ocean to Chennai, India. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, this combination. No, okay. You should no, you should no, see yes, this Prasanna and Akash
3: combination. Lately, they're the amazing
2: combination. Huh?
3: Samma combination. You should see how much Prasanna.
1: <laughs> 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 Behind the, the scenes of a solopreneur, Lee Tengram in Cranbrook, BC.
0: Good morning. help
1: me help you good morning can I get an extra large black coffee and a fruit okay, and fiber I
4: can I get an extra large black coffee and a fruit and fiber muffin please Is there
1: anything else there? no that's it okay, so food.
0: and here we are recording the final takeaways from the last three months
1: now I'm excited today it might be our best content of the entire series
0: well then we should get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product
1: Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So first off, Gunto and the Auth0 team, they made it to launch? Oh
3: boy, did they. So we finally managed to merge it. It was hard, to be honest, just because like we had some engineering team that needed to review Okay. um the av test platform wasn't working we shipped something then we also have like a change management process because we have enterprise customers so that they don't break so i don't know lots of processes but it merged okay. After, okay. after a few weeks
0: amazing i always forget how complicated engineering gets once a product hits the type of scale that all zeros hit so how's the test gone so far was he right or was his engineer right
1: Oh, uh, you didn't forget about that, did you?
0: Well, I mean, we played the clip in three or four
3: shows. <laughs>
1: that's fair. That's fair. So they have been collecting some early data.
3: And it's it's actually interesting. Um, we have some early data. What the early data is suggesting is, like, the main objective of the test is to get people to make it easier to implement Outsider. And sure. there are two different things. Like, the test is actually worse at getting people to get, get the first user out of Outzero but it's better at the 15th user.
0: Okay, so they're getting fewer to take that first step, but overall, they're getting more people to get 15 people at their organization to try it.
1: Yes, exactly. So while it might not look like a win initially, it's, it's actually looking like a win.
0: Okay, so they're aggravating some developers who just want to try it out they're getting frustrated, leaving faster. But the people that are successful at setting it up are more successful. Yes, exactly. And that's how Gunto put it.
3: Like giving me instructions on what to do. I don't want to do it. But at the same time, the people who do do it are the ones who are actually going (laughs) to ship it to production. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So
0: this is interesting. What does Gunto attribute this to?
3: Well, he
1: has a theory.
3: Something I was thinking about is more about like... I feel there's a this difference um in developers where you have like the hipster developer as I call it which is the idea okay. of I code all day long I'm a fan of development like that's like my hobby my everything and then you then you have like what I call the corporate developer which is this is my job I work in a bigger corporation it's 9 to 5 so right. my feeling says that this sucks for the hipster developer because it's like one, two, three, and it's condescending. But it's great for the corporate developer because it's you need to do this, 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 and you don't have to think that much. Right. And top of that, I think it actually works for the 15 and not for the first. But that's what I want to prove with qualitative interviews.
0: So while the early results show strong signs of being successful, he doesn't want to discount the value of these hipster developers have for the brand of Auth0.
1: That's exactly it. Those developers, um, those hipster developers, they're the ones that are currently struggling with this onboarding flow, but they're the same ones that share Auth0 on social media. They write blog posts about it and they use them in various tutorials that they create. Um, now, this is a big part of why the non-hipster developers or the, the more corporate developers end up trying out Auth0 and introduce them to larger organizations. That is a tough
0: challenge. So, What's next for the experiment?
1: Well, they have to keep this up for 70 days, and then they'll run version two of their A-B test. They're going to learn a ton, and they'll probably end up somewhere in the middle. And for Guntel? So he'll be doing a bunch of traveling coming up in the next couple of months, and uh, he's going to be in Asia for a bit. Uh, he's going to be in London. He's going to take a much-deserved vacation.
0: Okay. And Dawa?
1: Yes. She's going with him to London, um, and then they'll be actually taking separate vacations towards the
0: end of the year okay well I'm glad to hear that they're doing well sounds like
1: me too yeah
0: I think we're all rooting for them so coming up after the break we'll catch up with Krish as he travels to New York and Salt Lake City for customer interviews and potentially scouting a new office for Chargebee's sales team
1: This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially for small businesses. You don't have the time to be an expert on things like taxes and regulations.
0: And there are old school payroll providers that exist, but they're just not built for the modern business.
1: Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right.
0: Now, again, there is some competition for Gusto out there, but Gusto actually has a lot of things going for them. PC Mag and Fit Small Business, they've called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses.
1: Gusto makes payroll a breeze. In fact, 9 out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than other payroll solutions.
0: And Gusto definitely saves you time. 72% of customers, they actually spend less than 5 minutes to run payroll. I know a lot of people that spend
1: way more. Gusto is reliable. 4 out of 5 customers actually reduce payroll errors
0: after switching. And if you don't believe it, just Google it. People love Gusto. And how often do you actually love your payroll provider? Almost never.
1: Most small businesses, they don't have an HR expert, but you don't need one to use Gusto. With great software and great service, you can focus on your business, not on your payroll or your paperwork. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. That's gusto.com forward slash rocket Dot com. That's business.att.com. So the launch of Revenue Story went really well. Uh, customers are signing up for it. It's growing at a pace that Krish is really happy with, um, especially as a standalone product.
0: So first, he went to New York City to attend
2: SaaS Stock. So tell me a little bit about SaaS Stock and what is this tour about? Okay, uh, so uh, SASDOC is um, a European SaaS conference Mm -hmm. happening in Dublin in October, Mm -hmm. and uh, this event today is our first uh, event in the U.S. Um, So we're here at the Knockdown Center in Brooklyn, and uh, we had over 200 people registered today, um, and we've just got some awesome SaaS content happening. Um, So, yeah, we've had a pretty full schedule, um, but we're coming to the end of the day now, and it's, uh, it's all been really Good. Okay. And, and introduce yourself, please. Uh, my name is Sarah Farrell, and I'm the operations manager at Sastock. And uh, today, my role is uh, just getting all the speakers onto the stage and making sure that everybody's here and mic'd up. And, and after uh, that, organized. he heads to,
0: to Salt Lake City?
2: <laughs> yes,
1: a bit random, I suppose. Um, but he was recommended to him by a fellow founder
2: and uh, that was interesting but my friend who is another founder of another company called Cloud Cherry um, he has this 14 member team in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah for the last uh, year or so and he said this is a must-see place because of the fantastic sales talent and he said it's only one and a half hours flight from San Francisco but one of the best sales talent that you will find in the last 15 years they have built so much of sales talent here uh, with so many companies having offices like uh, domo Qualtrics, uh, and Adobe, and several others, so uh, it's a definite. Different... Yeah. So and and the cost is amazing. Meaning, the cost structure is about 50% of uh, what, uh, or rather, 70% or less of what you would actually pay in San Francisco, with very high retention.
0: Okay, so Salt Lake City is a city that's actually known for its sales talent.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I, I didn't know this, but it's affordable. It has high quality sales talent.
0: Yeah. Who knew? Okay. So he finds himself at a coworking space.
3: So
2: I am right now in Cloud Cherry office in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, I'm just getting some sound bites of the conversation in the co-working space. So Cloud Cherry uh, works out of this co-working space called Industrious in Salt Lake City. And
1: he spent a day or so checking out Salt Lake City. And honestly, he he likes it.
0: I, I feel a butt coming up.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> a couple of weeks later, I caught up with him again to see how this Salt Lake City decision was was faring. Um, oh, here's Chris.
2: <laughs> uh, it's a very um, interesting one. It looks like we may not even go to Salt Lake City uh, at this point, uh, but we are uh, continuing to recruit in uh, San Fran- around San Francisco. And uh, one more thing we are trying to do is how do we find, we are also trying to optimize around the talent in terms of leadership uh, to say if we find the right people in some other location, we are open to actually hiring around them. For example, we are looking for a director of partnership in U.S. And if you think we will find that person somewhere else, we are open to actually hiring around that person. I like that.
0: You know, find the right leadership team first and then build the team around them. So how about Revenue Story? Is it still going strong? Absolutely. Here's Krish.
2: One of the questions we, uh, so as an update, uh, Revenue Story is doing uh, very well, right? Uh, it is uh, from a when we built revenue story, it was based on a particular need from our customers, right? Which is uh, our growing customers uh, needed visibility into their data. So we felt that um, one, we can integrate into the existing systems, which we did right um, into the partnership ecosystem. And then there was also the second aspect, which is continuing to invest in delivering more value for B. Um, and keeping up with our own product roadmap uh, as an example is uh, the, there is a wealth of transactional data that is there in charge b and we wanted to ensure that we were driving the uh, roadmap of an analytics product on top of charge b uh, in line with our customers needs uh, which is why we started revenue store. Now, in that context, uh, revenue story uh, has been uh, is being well received by customers, and we are getting very specific inputs in terms of uh, no details that they would like to see. Um, so, it's doing extremely well uh, from a number of users' perspective. Um, I think we have crossed more than uh, four hundred accounts which are actively using revenue story, and uh, uh, the. And we open it up for a lot more customers from the beginning, Uh, from the time we uh, launched it, where we have been progressively opening opening it up to more customers. So those aspects are going extremely well. That's awesome. Talking about a big bet paying
0: off. I'm pretty pumped for him. Absolutely. So coming up. Coming up must be our final check in with Lee. Yeah, I I feel like I I might
1: tear up a bit here.
0: Well, get it out during the break and we'll be right back for the conclusion of season five of Rocketship.fm.
1: So Lee has been on a roll. He's been diving headfirst into sales.
4: 145 a month, most business owners. Oh here I did a little bit of research for one industry. I won't name the industry because it's kind of, I did a lot of work for it, but there's 21,000 of these businesses in the United States for this market that I was looking into. And they, they do on average two, deal, two deals a day is the average across all of those. And each one of those deals is an average of $2,400. So like there's 21,000 businesses in the United States making 5K a day in doing 5K a day in sales. What are the chances that one of those would shell out $145 a, maybe made them one more sale or two more sales a month. Probably
0: all of them. Look at him embracing sales. And what about Dale? What did he think of leadproof.app? Well
1: oh, we discussed that
0: on our last call actually.
4: Yeah, I I was I wasn't surprised the first time I saw him click the button, but I I was happy. It was like, hey, he's using it. Fantastic. But I think now like the onus is back on him to go ahead and close all these sales. And the more I think about what his, his underlying real problem is, his underlying real problem is that he wants to build things and he doesn't want to do sales. So it might've been a bit of a scapegoat before, but now it's like, okay, well it's not me. So what's the problem now? So now I wonder if how it's, helping him with sales on his side because in the end i think the best thing that he could ever have would be a salesperson who would
1: actively follow up on these leads
0: you know we didn't share it as much but lee's always been interested in what people listening would learn from listening
1: he really was and in the final chat we discussed it a bit more
0: but then we sit here and we all look at
4: each other's instagrams and then we're like why don't i have a lambo I mean, easy to get a Lambo, but we, we could, we easily could go get a Lambo. You and I could both get a Lambo. It's There's a million businesses out there that would happily loan us the money at a ridiculous interest rate to get a Lambo. We're not going to eat well, but we've still got a Lambo every month. But people see that and they're like, oh, I can't just add five customers a month because I'll never get a Lambo. Well, no, actually. You have five customers a month and you can buy yourself a Lambo and not need one of these skewy-ass companies to loan you money at 19.9% on a 100000 He
0: really wants us to all get Lambos.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where the Lambos came from, but I, I think he means really well here.
0: So where did you leave things off with him?
1: Well, let's just play his kind of parting thoughts. Yeah, it's been always one of my worries
4: and I see it happen so much, but I would rather somebody be bored to tears by the stuff that I'm sharing and at the end of it go, all right, I guess I'm not doing as bad as I think I am. And stop beating up on themselves so much that they come out of it going, oh man, if I just hustle harder, I can crush it just like Lee and I'll buy a Lamborghini too. And it's like, no, but if you do it right, you can take your kid and go rent a Lamborghini for a day and you'll have far more fun from that. And it's still an experience that they would not normally have, and you're going to feel better about it. So I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to build anybody up or tear anybody down. I'd rather somebody come away from this and go,
0: yeah, okay, I'm doing all right. Well, this has been a big journey. I'm thankful for the access that Lee, Chris, and Gunto all gave us. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that it's coming to an end here. I know,
1: but the the good news is we've started working on the next season of Rocketship FM and we need your help. That's right. You, the listener.
0: Yes, we actually want to interview you for our upcoming season. That is interview you about rocket Ship and what you want to hear more of from us uh, if you love this season hate this season you know whatever it might be let us know and in between seasons we'll still be bringing you some amazing interviews and mini series so don't worry you're gonna still get all sorts of great content from rocket Ship before next season and in fact we'll actually be back next week with some in between season content that you will not want to miss